What's up, my friends, and welcome to the I Needed That podcast. I am Chris Powell. I'm Matthew Blades, and we want to take just a moment before we get to today's podcast to talk to you about some of the meaningful partners that we have here at our I Needed That podcast. Yes. Now, there's a criteria to be involved with the I Needed That podcast, and that's after we try your products, we have to say... I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's how we feel about yes. Move One Million. It's how we feel about the speaking engagements I do. It's how we feel about BetterHelp. But let's start with NeuroGum, our brand new sponsor of the podcast, NeuroGum and Mints. Yeah. How did they come into your life? So funny story. About two months ago, JB, who's our uh, he's our project manager, he comes and he's like, dude, you got to try this new gum. It's mm. freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. He's like, not only does it make me feel good and help me focus, because they've got all kinds of really cool stuff in here. But he's like, but more than anything, it's the flavor. He's like, yes, I love it for the energy and for the focus, but I literally could chew this because it lasts forever and keeps my my breath fresh forever. I know that wasn't initially what they were creating it for, but they did such a good job with the actual gum. I will say that similar to the Transform products that you have, they understand that without really like good flavors and good tasting things, nobody will change their behaviors, which is something you've said a hundred times on our podcast. Bingo. And they have found a way to make GABA, vitamin D3, L-thanine, uh, natural caffeine, uh, B vitamins. They've they found a way to make this stuff taste really good, and it will improve your focus. And we've actually actually got a little website set up right now if people want to go and check it out all they need to do is hit that link right there here we go it's try neuro gum t-r-y neuro is n-e-u-r-o and then gum g-u-m dot com forward slash i needed that and you'll get to uh, a nice little discount on our behalf so yeah. it's Again, trynerogum.com forward slash I needed that to enjoy energy, calm, and focus whenever you need it. All right, cool. Let's talk about BetterHelp. This is another meaningful partner that we have here at the podcast. We've spent a lot of time talking about our own mental health, and we know because we have seen it firsthand the power of therapy. It's huge. What I love yes. about BetterHelp is that it is 100% online. You simply answer a few questions and you are off and running and we've got a 10% discount waiting for you in our show notes. You just go to betterhelp.com slash I needed that. But what do you see as the primary benefit of talking things out with the therapist? Um, you know what I really love about what they've done? Look, I've, I've seen six therapists in five years game changer for me because just like exercise does for our physical health we need therapy for our mental health and it's not something you do once it's something that's ongoing because we're constantly dealing with different struggles different traumas and they help give us the tools to sort through that but you know what they've done so well you really connect with someone that you can relate to and then it's really it's cool because when you jump on, you go through this questionnaire and they connect you with someone that's like you or, that's or who's been through similar struggles. Right? Yes. It's absolutely. so powerful. So with better help, you get the same professionalism and quality you would expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who, like Chris said, has been custom picked for you. Plus more scheduling, flexibility, and an affordable price. Get 10% off for better help right now. Go to BetterHelp. With the P dot com slash I needed that. That's better H E L P dot com slash I needed that. You'll also find a link to better help in our show notes. Okay, briefly, Move One Million has just taken on a new partner. This is, if people don't know it, explain Move One Million in like 10 seconds. So, Move One Million, it is a standardized form of bringing movement and mindfulness to the masses. 100% free, takes less than five minutes a day. And it's free. Did I make it in time? Do we, do we mention it's free? We, <laughs> we, did, we did mention Oh, no, we didn't mention it's free yet. Yeah, yeah. that's the best part. And so, uh, again, it's, it's this um, amazing concept that, that I 
came up with and it's taken off and now we're serving just under removing just under a hundred thousand people a day across 71 countries but you can download the app um it's on the google or the app store just look up move one million and you move with us and you're mindful with us uh for free every single day or just go to m1m.org you can join us yourself or if you are a a wellness director for a, a company, a, a corporation, Church, a school, yeah, big hospital, hospital system, absolutely, school districts. Yep, you can download it and you can actually move your entire community. How about that? It's been a ton of fun. Get all over that m1m.org. Finally, I just put together this great workshop that has taken off like wildfire. Speaking of wildfire, it's called burnout, right? It's a whole <laughs> workshop on burnout. And so many groups of people are experiencing it. No bigger group than teachers. 44% of wow. all teachers say they feel or experience burnout at some point in the day. Now, the number is more like 40% for almost every profession. So while teachers are certainly feeling this, almost all of us have experienced some form of burnout, myself included, which is why I started this workshop. So if you want to bring me in to have a little discussion about what is burnout, what contributes to it, how can I avoid it? What can a self-care strategy do to kind of pull me out of this whole thing? I'm all about it. And you can connect with me at learnfrompeoplewholivedit.com. It's really amazing to see the interaction that you have and the connection that you have with people because it's not like you go in there and it's like, hoorah, fire them all up and then you're out. You really do give them tools and tactics to navigate it because you've been there. I certainly appreciate that. And I, I, I know that all the people that, uh, that you've, that you've spoken to, they really appreciate you too. Thank so, you, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Keep up. Damn, the good work, that man. was nice. Keep up the good work, Thank brother. Thank you, man. I yeah. appreciate that. All right. You ready to get into today's podcast? Yeah, let's go. Let's dude. go. <laughs> this is it, friend. Welcome yeah, yeah, yeah. to I Needed That. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you doing? Good. My name is Matthew Blades. I'm Chris Powell. And this is the I Needed That Podcast. So we're going to have so much fun today. Uh, we're going to talk Would You Rather. We're going to talk about what should be normalized. So lots to go ahead and get into today. We've got some feedback from our Facebook Live, which if, if uh, you haven't heard, we're going live on Facebook every single Monday now. Sometime between 10 and 11. Yes, it's it's flexible depending on what else is going on in the morning. We actually had, there was a couple big uh, TV appearances that had to happen this morning. So we came racing back to the studio to then go live. And oh, so, man. But we'll make it happen no matter what. We want to start every single show off if we if we're remembering and if we're if we're smart enough with some of your feedback. And so if you don't mind, Chris, I got a couple of pieces of feedback that I'd like to read. Yeah. And uh, one of them comes with a question for you. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, so Melissa Joe says she's loved starting the week with our podcast. You guys are doing amazing work, and thank you so much. Just listen to episode one again on my way home because I'm on the verge of blowing up what I built too. Wow. Yeah. That make you feel good, good when you inspire on- other people to do that. Yes. Good on you, my. F- well, it depends on what you're about to blow up. <laughs> it's usually not. You're usually not blowing up anything that's wonderful. This is true. Right? But if, if, if it's not good for you, then you got to blow it up. Yeah. And you got to start fresh. <sighs> but that doesn't mean you have to be explosive about it. You right. know, and that's one of the reasons that I thought we should talk about our comment right up front. It's like you think people always think, well, I'm going to blow it up. And that means that you're going to be messy about it. And you're going to, you know, just be this Tasmanian devil who comes in and just is a torpedo. But that's not what we're talking no, about. No, 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 no. You got to minimize the collateral damage. Mm. That's what you got to do. Be sensitive. Obviously, if there's anybody else involved in this process, communication and respect, compassion, 
all those things are very necessary when it comes to transitioning. I mean, blowing up what you built, it's a, it's a transition. That's what it is, basically. Well, and and when I, so when I go out and speak to people, I say, if you're going to do that, you have to do three things. Number one, you have to know exactly what you want to say. And that doesn't mean you like, okay, hang on. That's number one. Number two, you have to set down the venom. Mm. You can't mm-hmm. do this with all kinds of spit and nails right. because you will not have a conversation that moves anything forward. Right. Would you yes. agree with that? Yes, 100%. And then the last thing that I tell people is you have to be moral. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do all three of those things, if you can't truly speak from your heart, if you can't do it without setting on the venom and you can't do it without being moral, then you're just not ready to blow it up yet. That's brilliant. I love the, the moral aspect of it. Make sure that it's, it's done with integrity. Right. Yeah. You right. have to. Otherwise, you just plant seeds for more of that crap to come your way again later, you know, in the yeah. world that I believe in. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Tressa Marie, she has a question for you. She yes. says, I'm having a really hard time losing my last few pounds. Already lost more than 100. Wow. I'm sure you get this all the time. But how yes. do yeah, that, that, that secret to the last few? So, well, here's the thing. It's really hard to say because I don't know exactly what her specific situation is right now. So like oh, the, the few things that with Justin, when, we're going to need you to come on the show with us. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Actually, I'm going to give you guys just a quick little sneak peek and in, into how I troubleshoot something. So if somebody comes to me with the fact that they've plateaued, then I'm going to look at just all the basics. I'm going to say, how's your sleep? How's your stress? How much water are you drinking every day? And when I say water, I'm just... I'm, overall liquid because you're going to, you're getting hydration with coffee, even with soda or diet soda, whatever that might be. Like there's, there's water in our food, but I want to see that you're actually, at least that she's adequately hydrated throughout the day. Then I'm going to say, well, now let's take a look at your nutrition because it's going to be, there's the the law of thermodynamics, calories in calories out. I'm going to look at what your activity levels are, all that. Here's the thing. If you lost a hundred pounds, it means you were doing something right for a hundred pounds. And now things have all of a sudden slowed down that also, and, and if you haven't changed anything, then that says to me, there's a word called metabolic adaptation. And that, that it's a real thing. It means that as I a, refer to it as MA when I'm around my friends. <laughs> there you go. I love it. And so your, your body, our body's made to adapt, right? Yeah, and so sure. it's all constantly trying to figure out what's going on. And it knows a calorie deficit and it knows um, if you've increased your energy expenditure through whatever kind of exercise. So your body's constantly adapting. So Here's, here's the one thing, again, not knowing the full scope of everything, I am going to throw out a, a, a concept that's a little bit unorthodox, but All this right. is fun. I'm fixing your mic here just a little bit. Your, your foamy's off. There you oh, go. Oh, shoot. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so here's the thing. Just seeing that you've already lost 100 pounds and you've plateaued, that tells me that, okay, you were doing something for a while. You're trying to fix, you know, and, and at least get back on track. Here's the thing. Chances are that your body might be in a slightly stressed state because when you're at a calorie deficit and then if you're moving more, then your body will get stressed. It's, it'll, it makes it, sense. Yeah, it'll release more cortisol. And of course, with more cortisol release, your body has a natural tendency to hang on to water. Mm. And so now, if, and if you're constantly chasing the scale, if you're playing with the numbers on the scale, then you're not going to see the numbers that you're looking for because even though you might be increasing that calorie deficit and moving more then your body's going to release more cortisol, then your body goes, oh, I just want to hang on to more water. So here's what I actually do. And this is a process I've used for, no joke, probably 15 to 20 years now is that I'll, I'll put anyone at a calorie deficit as they're losing weight. And then as, as soon as they start to plateau and I know they're at a deficit, then we actually do the complete opposite. Is I, I say, okay, for the next week, sometimes two weeks, 
I want you to do nothing more than walking, light walking for maybe 30 minutes max a day. That's it. And I want you eating at least 500 more calories a day, preferably coming from a carbohydrate source. So maybe more cereal or more bread, more potatoes, more rice. I mean, obviously the cleaner the source, the better, but like, yeah, potatoes, rice, pasta, bread, cereal, whatever that might be. People are like, get out of here. I'm not losing weight and you want me to eat more, eat more carbs and move less. Yes, I do. And, th- and this isn't, this isn't like rocket science here. Sounds and like it's, it. <clears throat> and it's not magic, but guess what happens over the course of the week? Most people drop, they drop several pounds in that week. What is it? What is it that they're actually dropping? Water weight. Water weight. Yes. That's exact, and it's, it sounds crazy because you're moving less, you're eating more, and you're eating more carbohydrates. But what's happening though is that as people lose weight. What happens is that your, your fat cells, um, they empty out, right? Because you have a fat cell. And you got a, it's a glycerol backbone with three fatty acids in there. And it I gets, call it a GB. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm going to make it through this now. So I got my MA and my yeah, GB. Yeah, and, GB and, and I'm over here with CP and MB. Long story short, yeah. when, when you burn fat, you've got an empty fat cell. And that fat cell, though, it's, it's going to eventually fill up, but it'll fill up with water, believe it or not. So That's you can, cool. Yeah, and so because the cell's not going to go anywhere, so it's going to be an empty cell. It's like an empty sack. And then as you hydrate or as cortisol in your body goes up, guess what? That water's going to get stored into that fat cell. What weighs more, fat or water? Water. So it, tell, it throws off the scale. So what happens is that when people finally rest and relax, they consume more. Their body starts to relax even more. But they also, when you consume carbohydrate, remember, carbohydrate carbohydrates, they'll actually pull water like, like a magnet. So they'll, they'll pull some water out of that cell. And then sure enough, when your body releases it over, you know, I, I mean, and I, here's a question. Just for my mind blowing right? as the first time I ever heard anybody take carbohydrate and separate it so that I would understand it. Yeah. There, there's water attaches to it. It looks like if, if you actually look at it, just, I mean, again, in a really rough way, it looks like a fidget spinner, you know, those little mm-hmm. three wheel fidget, fidget spinners, not totally. the three wheel, but the one wheel, it's got like the three points on it. Yeah. Think about a carbohydrate kind of looks like that, right? And so, again, for one part of of carbohydrate in the body, it holds three parts water. And so it'll pull the water out of the fat cell. And when your body releases it, all of a sudden they see a six-pound drop on the scale over the course of a week where they weren't exercising much and they're eating more carbs. We also see this all the time when people, like, they're busting their butt in the gym. Then they go on a cruise or they go on vacation. And by the way, in their gym, they're not seeing results. They go on vacation and drop five pounds. And they go, dude, I was smashing the buffet. I, was, I relaxed. I didn't, I didn't move all week. And I ate the whole time and I lost five pounds. What the heck's going on? That's what's happening. So it's not magic. Believe it or not, there's some so textbook physiology. Fascinating. There. But yeah, so if, if you find yourself plateaued and you're doing everything and you know you're doing it right, you're at a deficit, you're doing everything right, and you're not losing weight, flip it. And we call it a slingshot. That's, that's just the, the term that we called it for the last two I've decades. I've seen some post along the way from you about the yeah. slingshot. It's a really, it's a powerful technique and it works. And you do it for a couple of weeks and then you switch right back into the deficit. Because here's the thing, during that deficit, you're actually getting results. Your body's burning the fat. You just can't see it. So it's kind of like a sculptor working on, you know, they're, they're this masterpiece yeah, underneath yeah, yeah. the blanket. And when you do the <clears> slingshot, you just pull that blanket of water off. And then you see all the work that you've been doing. Genius, man. Tressa, thank you so much for the question because that 
produced one of the coolest answers. <laughs> Sorry for the long-winded answer, but it's I just I to go into a little bit there. Yeah. Trust, I totally want you to try some of this stuff and let us know if indeed you see some success from it because that is fascinating. Slingshot. I'm telling you, it works. All right, so we've got a deep dive coming up on today's podcast about uh, morning rituals. We were on Facebook Live uh, earlier, and we asked some folks. We had a little bit of fun with Would You Rather, and uh, the question that we asked them was, would you rather only be able to hear one song for the rest of your life or never hear the same song again? And it was divided. It was pretty divided, although it was tilted. It was definitely tilted. Yeah. So- First questions first. Yes. If there were gonna, if you were gonna say only one song, Chris, what would the one song be that you would listen to all the time for the rest of your life? Okay. So my answer to this was the Pachelbel Canon in D. Uh huh. That is that is I think it's a song that I, I it just never gets old. It's it's, it's it's timeless. It's always beautiful. And they played at weddings. They played at funerals. That's how yeah. timeless it is. Yeah, it really is. What, what's yours? One song for the rest of your life. No other songs. I think it's Purple Rain from Prince. Wow. Yeah, it's actually my favorite song, and my family is under uh, strict uh, rules to play that at my funeral. Really? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. What? Now, is this just a Minnesota thing? Um, Maybe so, but I just think that that song is one of the most complete songs Ever. Yeah. Ever. He was, a, he was a brilliant artist. And that song and the lyrics and, yeah, it's very nostalgic to mm. me. I mean, you know, that's the song that uh, I, I, I sang out loud at the top of my lungs with my friends oh, forever. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to be a big music head, man. And so I, we would record music and I had buddies who played and we would try to record songs from people and I was always the lead singer. That's so cool. <laughs> hey, did, did, did you ever meet Prince in your career? I did just one time. Never wow. got to shake his hand, but I was in the same room with him and we did the what's up. He didn't shake wow. anybody's hand. Did he recognize you from the radio? No, not a okay. chance. He was so, just being nice. <laughs> yeah. This was, um, so I grew up in Minnesota for people that don't know that are listening to the podcast. And Prince used to own a couple of nightclubs called Glam Slam. Remember this? No. So he had one in Minneapolis. He had one in Los Angeles. Really exclusive club. And the thing, the reason that these clubs were so successful is because there were always rumors that Prince would show up at three in the morning and start playing. Oh, wow. Right? That was the thing. What, it was, what a brilliant concept, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you went every night of the week hoping that you would show up on the night that Prince was going to come in and close the place wow. down. Wow. So one night I was working with a radio station in Minneapolis and he was doing a, um, an AIDS event. He was raising money for AIDS mm. and it was the most unbelievable night because we got there and it was in Glam Slam. He ended up performing later in the night, <clears throat> but the coolest part of the night was we could go into this VIP area and we could put headphones on and we could listen to songs that he had never released to anybody. Wow. No way. It was a trip. That's crazy. So you'd just be listening to these studio recordings where Prince would say stuff like, can you know, more drums or let's do that again. Or, hey, what if we did this over the top of that? Wow. That's really Not nuts. And, and you listen to a genius at work. That's it. Yeah, that's that's cool. kind of how I felt. Yeah. I was like, you're, you're getting a master class in how to make this kind of music. Yeah, that's really neat. So it, he came into the room at the end of the night and he just said hi to everybody. But that was as close as I got. That's good enough. That's yeah, good enough, good for, enough me. for me. <laughs> so would you rather only listen to one song for the rest of your life or never hear the same song twice? Your answer, please, sir. 
Uh, my answer is I would rather never hear the same song twice for the rest of my life. Fair just enough. just to get that kind of variety. And you? Um, yeah. I'm yeah. never hearing the same song. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do it. Uh, Marie Cannon said she'd listen to one song but didn't say what it was. Uh, Vanessa said I would never hear the same song twice. Um, let's see. There were a lot of people. Crystal said she would only listen to one song. Bill said I would listen to Metallica through the never. Um, <laughs> yes. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Ali, uh, Alcala said Tupac. I get around would be the song that she listens to forever. Um, so a lot of people had some feedback, but most people kind of said what we did. That, that that concept of I'd get too bored listening to one song the rest of my life. I'm stuck on Tupac. I get around. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> like choice, isn't Alcala. it? Hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting choice. What's the symbolism there? <laughs> So, I, I do love the, the song he, he sang about his mama. Mama? Dear Mama? Yeah, Dear Mama. I yeah, think I it. Get Around is probably one of the best songs he ever did. It was great. So I'm with Alcala there. Yep. Um, here's Would You Rather number two. Would you rather hop or have to walk on your hands everywhere you went? <laughs> I know, Well, me, I'd rather hop for sure. I, mean, I think I have to say hop because yeah. I can't walk on my hands. No. Is that the reason for you? I, you know, I could take a, I used to be able to walk on my hands and then, but I haven't done it for years. And so I'm terrified I'd pull something now. Yeah. yeah I think I'll, I'll stick with hopping. Okay. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's an interesting one. It, you know, they don't always have to be life shattering. Right. They? <laughs> no, they certainly don't. They don't always <laughs> have to be life shattering. Um, Hey, where do you want to go next? You want a deep dive or you want to go into <clears throat> um, something like what should be normalized? Do you get to pick Ooh, viewer's let's, choice? Let's, let's talk about what should be normalized. Then let, I want to do a deep dive on morning rituals which I think are like we we both have them lots of extremely successful people in the world they they start them and they actually do them on a regular basis so let's talk about that and I have one statement that if you don't ever remember anything I ever say again it's the statement that I'm going to make about morning rituals. So hang tight. That's coming up. Um, I love this conversation that we're getting ready to have about what should be normalized, you know, because there's all these things. And as a matter of fact, I just put on a uh, self-care clinic at a Catholic school for some teachers last week. Yeah. And we were talking about self-care. And one of the older gentlemen in the back, uh, we, I said, well, what do you do for self-care, sir? You know, because he kind of raised his hand like he wanted to participate. And he says, you know what I do? I go to the movies by myself. Mm. Good. And he's like, all my friends make fun of me, but I go to the movies by myself and I have the greatest time. And I thought, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. something that should be normalized. Yes. Going to the movies by yourself just to hang out because you're not going to the movies to talk to anybody anyways, right. are you? No, no. And, and you can really dive into the story, the movie, wh- whatever you're there for. The I've been the to more movies by myself than I have been to with other people. Get out of here. Not, for even, reals? not even close. No. You. Full transparency. I don't think I've ever been to a movie by myself. Okay. Yeah, and full transparency. That's awesome. I, I think it's awesome for anyone that does. I'm not against it at all. What about going to dinner by yourself? I've done that a lot. I do it all the yes, time. all the time. Mostly because my friends are busy. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? Especially when I was on the road, I, I would eat by myself, all, and I love it. It's so peaceful for me. Yeah, it's not awkward at all. All right, here we go. What else should be normalized according to this new list? Uh, I love this one. Burnout is real, so let's normalize changing careers at midlife. Yeah, we, 
Blow up what you built. Blow up what you built. (laughs) Yes. That's such a cool thing. You know, Michael Singer, I've talked to you about him before. He's written a couple of books, but he's got this thing that he talks about in his books, which I just love, which he says, I think everybody should have to go through a midlife crisis. Mm. Like they should be mandatory. Mm -hmm. At some point in your world, you should wake up and go, hmm, this is what I want to be doing. Right. Yeah. And then course correct if the answer is no. Well, here's the thing. We're constantly changing and we're growing. And so it's like, what's, what's wrong with deciding that what worked for you before isn't working now? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and who says we have to be stuck in that rut? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. What about that idea of like, you're going to college for, for younger people who are getting ready to go to college. And it's like, that's what you're going to do the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. You're 18 to 22 and your brain isn't even fully developed yet. And you're telling me this is right. what I'm going to do the rest of my life? Yeah. So yeah. I'm into normalizing that. What, what mm-hmm. would you like to see normalized? Um, boy, I don't know. Give me, give me some ideas. <laughs> uh, um, some people suggested things like four-day work weeks. Um, some people said hmm. uh, splitting the check on dates. Okay. Um, somebody said adult slumber parties, which I'm not really... I don't know if I'm with him on that one. I I think that that, that could take a... a, It's called an orgy. Yeah, I was going to say, that that could take a left turn real fast. I don't... Is that what they call them nowadays? Nowadays it's adult slumber parties? I don't know. I don't know if that will ever be normal in my life. We would love to interview you if you host adult slumber parties because I want to know more. I have questions. So does he. Yeah, there's probably be a full show around that. Okay, hold on. Let's talk about the four-day work week. Okay. What do you think about that? I think it's probably really smart. Um, One of my favorite, favorite business books that I ever uh, read was by a Buddhist uh, named Geshla Michael Roach. And Michael Mm. talks about uh, it's mandatory for him to have every Wednesday off when he works corporate jobs. Mm. Mm -hmm. So he works Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And when his Wednesdays are his recharge day, it's when he gets into nature, it's when he meditates more, and he says that it single-handedly is the thing that makes him more productive on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me, actually. That makes a lot of sense. I know if, if you break it down, like even on a daily level, like they say like you take 90 days of intense focus and work, if you will, has to be followed by 30 to 60 minutes of relaxation or non-sleep deep rest or something restorative so that you, like the all the focus that you put in actually gets wired into the brain and so the thing is it's like our body needs just like when you're training a muscle right you got to you break it down in the gym and then you actually have to rest and recover it for that muscle to get stronger and bigger so i think it that 100 makes sense to me and i like the concept of taking a wednesday off also of two hard day, of two days of work and then one restorative relax and, and reset day, dive right back into two hard days of work. And I, I personally think that, that we would be more effective that way, more productive. It makes sense to me. Here's one we're both going to agree on. Uh, and this came from somebody who said, I'd like it to be normalized to be able to call in sick next, uh, due to mental health reasons. I, I think that if, if it's valid, 100%. I just wouldn't want people to take advantage of that. that I mean, I guess, I guess with, with, with anything, I'm, I'm just going to speak totally transparently. Yeah, sure. Especially having, having come from mental health issues myself, 100%. I'm compassionate to that. You know, it's, it's a shame that sometimes, and you're, you're always going to have people take advantage of the system. Yeah, that's my thing. Like yeah. People are going to abuse it no matter what you do. That's it. So. And so, well, here's a question. Then do you put a cap on it? 
Do you say oh, you're, for sure. you're allowed X amount of times to call in due to mental health reasons? 52 times a year. Once a week, you can call in because you need a break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to work for me? Yeah. Good luck with your business, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to no, be but, tough. It'll be tough. But, but here's the thing. There's got to be a way to figure that out. You know, I, I guess to do it, to do it as right as you possibly can, especially when you're just dealing with the masses, right? And, and like large teams of people. How, uh, but, but at the same time, we have to, we got to open up this conversation. We have to be sensitive to this. Isn't this a truth, Chris, though? Isn't this a truth that if you're really struggling with your mental health, one day is not going to do very much? This is correct. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is like that you need to start taking mental health days long before it becomes a problem. Yes. Because once it becomes a problem, at least for me, and I don't know what, what your story is, but I had to take three weeks off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. Like yeah. there was no way around it. I mean, I had to take three weeks unplugged, no work, no email, no phone calls, just my wife, just my kids, just my mental health. End of discussion. Yes. That was that was what I needed. What yeah. did you need? Um, probably the same. Actually, it was like in my darkest of dark days. It was it was about yeah, it was about a three week period mm-hmm. where I just could not. I didn't even want to leave the room. It was just I I just. It, everything was exhausting and hopeless. And yeah, I, I think so. Which again, as you're saying that, I was thinking, okay, perhaps in, in order to, and I'm just, okay, I'm thinking about the solution and, and I think you're spot on giving someone a day off for mental health reasons. No, if people really have mental health reasons, they need more time than that. And so it's like, okay, perhaps research would need to be done on, you know, standard mental health I'm, I'm i'm literally thinking out loud as we talk through this right sure now. but like what what is this, the standard duration of time that people would need to identify a problem like that and then actually like start to seek resolution you know some sort of solution for it where they can actually be speaking with a counselor yeah, yeah, or a yeah. therapist or someone like that and then like what time do we need to give them and perhaps instead of a day off a week it's like what two if, week block what if someone actually got a two week block yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah, about as like, you're breaking this down absolutely and it's just like because that's what people need to recharge if you are totally burnt out or in a really bad place so you like you come you work for our company and it's the idea that okay there's two weeks of vacation for every six months that you work here and then there's also one week of mental health for every six months that you work here meaning that in a full calendar year you'd get four weeks of vacation and two weeks of mental health right plus you got to give people their sick days and stuff like that but i mean you know and don't I don't want to hear from people who are like, well, you're going to have people abuse. You're going to have people abuse the system no matter what rule you put into place. So that sure. can't be like the, the the reason you back off doing the progressive, good, right thing. I think you're right, man. Yeah. Giving them a couple of blocks. And then so many companies now are doing a really good job where they have this stuff in play. Like you get 10, uh, you get 10 visits with a psychologist right. or a coach or something like that, which now is super we're cool. And I think that's amazing, these companies that are doing that. Right. And I think, here's the thing. I think that's going to start to be a little bit more normalized. I, let me tell you, I, I tell you what, we're, uh, there's, there's a lot of work we're doing with a big uh, insurance company. And they're on the forefront of this. And they're doing a lot of stuff like this with their people. And it's really cool the different services that they're offering to these massive corporations. It's really, it's really amazing. The All conversations right. that are happening now. Now we're going a completely different direction. <laughs> and that's something as we do here as we do here on. <laughs> I needed that. Uh, this is going to be uh, my, 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 my feeling, my gut tells me that people are going to have different reactions based on their age. Mm. Okay. okay. Um, genuine interactions where groups of people are hanging out, not looking at their phone. Mm. 
So, so normalizing interactions of people not looking at their phone. That's it. We have to normalize that. Like we have to be in situations and we have to say, everybody, come on, put down your phones. Good luck. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. It is. I mean, well, it's so wild how like anywhere, anytime I go anywhere and I'm standing there by myself and I'm say I have to wait for my friends. The first thing I do is grab your phone, pull it up and, and it just, it keeps me occupied until everyone shows up. And, and the thing about it is, do you do this too? Like if you're standing around a couple of people, somebody pulls out their phone, then you pull out your phone yep, and they, they pull out their phone. Yes, totally. Totally. And it's, and it, you think it's bad with us? <laughs> How about your kids? Damn. I mean, they'll, they'll literally be, they'll text each other from the same room. <laughs> It'd be nice to normalize it though. It is an important one. And I think it probably is an incredible segue to our deep dive today. Uh, because it's one of the thoughts that I feel so strongly about with regard to morning routine. And we'll get to my strong statement, as I called it earlier, in just a moment. But Chris Powell, let's have, let's have a deep dive today on morning routines. Yeah. So let's, let, we'll talk about some of these rituals. Um, and you know, there, there's a brilliant speech by, um, I'm going to say it's General McRaven. And he, it was at the uh, Naval Academy in Annapolis, and he talks about the, mor- the morning routine of making your bed every mm. morning and the concept of starting your day with a win. And he, he is a decorated Navy SEAL, and this is something that he actually made mandatory you know, across you know, all the different teams that, that he was working with, is just having, like, again, the concept of starting your day with a win, like that morning ritual. And... Um, so, and here's the, the beauty of it though, is that the concept he was talking about, it applies across all of humanity, whatever it is that you're looking to do. But just, again, if you can begin your day with something that might be a little bit, it might be a little bit challenging no matter where you might be, but they, again, to accomplish something within, within just the first few minutes, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. And there's some beautiful things that, that we can all do that are really, it's the lowest hanging fruit. It doesn't require a whole lot of time or energy. That's why people don't like to do it, though, right? <clears throat> for, for sure. It's like, you're just making your bed, dude. Big right. deal. Right, yes. And then on the other end of the Maybe spectrum. Maybe it is a big deal. Yeah, it, it might be. But then, then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got some of these really gung-ho fitness people that are just like, dude, I just smashed 45 minutes of weights first thing in the morning. Or I do my cardio. It's like, yeah, that ain't me. You know, like that's not most of us. Most of us are looking for a really a fast and easy win, but there's some really amazing wins that you can get in a very short amount of time. It doesn't require a lot of time and energy. And so like... Actually, I just did a TV segment about this is like starting the day on this ritual of, and here's an amazing one. We're blessed here in Arizona that we don't have a lot of cloudy skies, right? And so the weather does typically tend to be nice. Yeah. So the sun comes up in the morning and the, one of the best things you can do is take five minutes, go outside and you get that, that sunlight in your eyes. Don't look directly at the sun, of course, but just to get that morning sunlight in your eyes. Again, there's so much research that's coming out that's strongly suggesting a a plethora of incredible benefits of that sunlight in the eyes when it comes to setting your circadian rhythms, increasing cortisol first thing in the the morning. So you're going to get much deeper sleep on the next sleep round. But then on top of that, it's like while you're out there for those five minutes, getting that sunlight in your eyes, or if you're in a cloudy place, they do recommend close to 30 minutes for the same effect. But either way, outside of the glass, sunglasses off and everything, just getting that natural light in your eyes is so amazing. But while you're out there, whether you have that exposure or not, um, something else you can do is just focusing on your breathing right mm. off the bat. 
maybe a minute or two minutes while you're actually getting the sunlight exposure of box breathing. So these are just a few things that I like to do. Then from there, I'll jump into the shower. I do like to do a little bit bit of cardio, but I'm not going to shove that down anyone's throat right now. Um, Jump in the shower, and I I don't like getting cold right off the bat. I'm not one of those guys that wants to jump into like a a tub of icy cold water. I have never done the cold (laughs) plunge before, my friend. Cold exposure, though, again, the the research is showing that it's just, it is so beneficial for so many reasons. So I'll jump in right after I'll do the sunlight. The breathing, I'll then, while I'm actually out there, I'll think of something that I'm grateful for. You'll hear me talk about gratitude all the time. And again, it's not just listing something that you're grateful for, but really feeling mm-hmm. that gratitude. Because it's, it's not the list that actually benefits you. It's the feeling. It Don't you a, almost feel like it, can, it should almost move you to tears sometimes? It does. It, when, when, the moment it hits, it takes your breath away. Yeah. And you'll almost feel a, a huge sigh, yes. almost like you're going to cry. Yes. And, and that's, but that's the physiological reaction that you're trying to get from an, a practice of gratitude. A lot of people are stuck into listing things out. Right. And they're more focused I'm on the list. I'm thankful for my wife. That's it. Hold up. That, that, what parts? No, yeah, there's no benefit there of listing something out. You have to just stay with it. And it doesn't have to be three things or 10 things, just one thing. Stay with it until you really feel it. Then there's a visceral reaction. Then you can move on. But that's the reaction that you're trying to get. And again, guys, all this can happen in five minutes. Yeah. But it's like all these tiny little things you can do. Like I could talk about sunlight, breathing, gratitude. If you want, jump in the shower, start with it warm, then turn it cold for the last minute. Focus on your breathing then also. I just listed off four things you could literally do in a matter of just a couple minutes. It can greatly improve the quality of your life. And I started doing that when I was going through my mental health journey, at least this the mental health battle. And holy smokes, bro, I assure you, and I, I give you my word and everyone's word out there, I will do this for the rest of my life. It has changed me. You're, you're using your tools. I hope people, you know, like put that together. Yeah, they, folks talk about doing the work. The work is using the tools and knowing it's like, okay, I learned something. And, and everybody who's listening to this right now, you can't unhear what you just heard. So you know these, now you know these four things are going to be beneficial and you should try them. You may not love them at the very beginning, right? <laughs> this is true. You may hate them at the very beginning, but give them a little bit of time. And I think what you'll notice is that things, as I say, things start to shift. Small things at first, but they really start to add up over time. Absolutely. Yeah. And if there's one of those things that doesn't resonate with you, well, then don't do it. Yeah. It's fine, but pick and choose, but pick just, Hunt it. just a couple things that work for you. Okay. I like that a lot. You know, here's what's tough about changing your morning routine is that you do have to wake up a little earlier. You do. This is true. And guess what? And sure enough, even setting my alarm last night, I, I crank it back another 15 minutes. But guess what? I did it. I got it done. And I feel so much better. You never regret it. Yeah. You really don't. And so this is the, it's, it's again, it's a conscious decision that you make, but when you do it like so many times, we, I call it integrity momentum. Integrity is doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. I committed to myself a long time ago that I was going to do this morning routine. <laughs> and, uh, and sure enough, it's really difficult to get the train started. Right. Yeah. But once that train gets rolling, you know, I, I've got, you know, I, I've got a good almost two months under my belt of this now. And, you know, you don't want to break that cycle. It's a freight train of integrity momentum. 
and it's personal integrity. And so it's the same thing that happens on the weight loss journey. Yeah. When people start making those commitments to themselves, they're like, oh, I'm going to do 10 minutes of cardio. And you've done it for two months straight, and all of a sudden a date comes by, and it's just difficult, and all these different things are happening. You'll be damned if you don't do those 10 minutes because yeah. you don't want to break that momentum. You know what's interesting? You're, I don't even know if you know this, but okay, so you've been doing this practice you just admitted for the last couple of months straight. And so I can, as somebody who gets to see you more than most people do, will, will attest to your attitude shifting a little bit. For and sure. what I'm talking about is real because I will tell you that like two months ago, let's say I would come into the house. How are you? You remember what you say? I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted, man. I'm so stressed <laughs> out, man. I'm burning the candle at both ends, man. I'm in the trench, man. Like you had, to, you had these phrases that you just went to all the time. Yeah. And recently, last couple of few weeks, I've come into the house and it's been totally different vibe totally yes uh, you do like you have shifted i have even this man who yeah. is pretty good at this stuff has shifted in a beautiful way and i'm gonna keep learning and, and you know it's a funny thing though is that like these different components even back then like so i learned a lot of them going through the mental health journey so i would apply gratitude up on top of the hill then in the afternoons i might go out on my afternoon walks out in the desert and i would i would practice my breathing out there but since i consolidated them to the morning ritual it's changed a lot for the better. And again, I'm starting the day with the wind, but all of a sudden I'm also rattling off those four things within five minutes that are so easy to do. And it's just wild. Like it's, I promise, it's really cool. I promised everybody that I was going to have this very strong statement about morning routines. Yes, your turn. And you just encompassed it. No, it's the perfect segue, man, because the thing that I hope you, you remember for the rest of your life is stop giving your mornings to somebody else. Amen. And that's exactly what you said you just did. You're like, yeah, I used to take this thing and this thing and this thing, and they would all show up in my day. But now that you have started this idea of, I don't give my mornings to anybody else until I get done these four things that I need done for me. Yes. There's shift. Yes. And that's it. Stop giving your mornings to somebody else. If the first thing you look at is this phone every single time you wake up, you're already giving your morning to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You're giving it to your Instagram friends or your boss who's emailing you or you're seeing who texted you. Yes. Bro, yes. I'm telling you, man, that's game change. What you just said, it will... If you're having a hard time and you can't get things to make sense... Start giving your mornings back to yourself. Just start yes. there. And there is going to be the most unbelievable shifts. Absolutely. Unbelievable and, shifts. And heads up, here's the thing. Most of us, this is our alarm clock. Right? Mm -hmm. And so when it goes off, you reach over and you go to turn it off. The moment you turn it off, you've got all those notifications. On That's the it. This is, and I had to train myself to do this. I will hit stop, you know, because that's what turns the alarm off. And I flip my phone over. Ah, good idea. And, and that is the, that's the action that puts me back in control of my morning. And then I just need those five minutes. And I can look at my phone, but I just need five minutes. I put an Alexa dot in my bedroom. Oh, there you go. And that's go. my alarm clock oh, now. That's, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really cool, yeah, man. Because then you're not tempted by this thing right here. It's yeah. not even anywhere near me. It's yeah. actually start, it charges in our kitchen now. Oh, that's wonderful. All the boys okay. have to. That's a great deep dive, man. <laughs> oh, man. And, and uh, is there anything you feel like you left off the table there? Oh, I mean, there's a handful of things you can do, but again, just 
figure out what works best for you. That's, that's it. All right. And, and you meditate in the mornings and I know that I, I don't want to open up a whole can of worms here, but I know this is something you do for quite some, you've done for quite some time. I do transcendental meditation first thing in the morning. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it is really, I don't joke about it. Meditation saved my life. Mm-hmm. It literally saved my life because uh, all of the things that used to bother me have gone away. Mm. That's, that's huge. That's my testimony when it comes to meditation. And I want to say that meditation and prayer are so very similar that I don't want anybody to get hung up on words. They both improve your decision making. They both improve your outlook on life. And the most important thing that meditation and prayer do is they keep you calm in the face of adversity. Mm. And so it's almost like this little like pre-workout that you get to do before you actually show up at the gym. So meditation softens you. And so for me, that is the deal, man. That, and that's, that's how my mornings get started, right? I don't give them to anybody else. I give myself 21 whole minutes yeah. every morning. Yeah, that's huge. Before I deal with my wife, before I deal with my kids. And yes, sometimes I have to wake up a little earlier than them. But dude, like you said, I've never regretted it. And they don't either. No. That's the best part. You can show up as the best you for them after that. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. You're yeah. talking about all the things I'm passionate about. Yeah. All right, we're getting ready to wrap up. I want to remind everybody that if you go to chrispyle.com there is a, and you click the podcast, you can scroll down, and there's an Ask Chris button right there. We would love to start instituting a little Ask Chris segment in nearly every podcast, if, if not more than that. So if there's something you're dying to know and something you would like us to um, you know, kind of kick around on this podcast, please go ahead. Is it not here? Let me... Oh, it's there. Is it there? Okay, perfect. Um, let us know. Go to chrispowell.com. Click podcast. You can not only meet more uh, about uh, the two of us, but you can do the Ask Chris segment uh, as well. So, yes. would you rather? And I'd love to uh, to hear your questions. Would Happy you rather? To serve. Okay. So, is this would you rather? Oh, or this is not. You name that tune. This is name that tune. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So, okay. I didn't get much sleep last night. <laughs> it's all good. It's because you woke up early to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> what can I, what can I do? It was worth it. I'm drinking right? one of your protein shakes right now. It's all good. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So uh, can I tell you a quick little story behind this one? And okay. then we'll see if you can guess it. Um, so cash and Ruby really got into playing cards and, but, but in particular, uh, like playing poker, you know, and, and having some fun here. So are you getting ready to play Kenny Rogers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Hold on. Let me find it. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe you should have totally played the song before you then told the story. I shut up. Oh, this is a great song. So we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. Unbelievable. Yeah. So you guys have started, I mean, you're using obvious, I mean, this is such a great life lesson song. Oh, it, it big really time. is. Absolutely. So me and the kids, I started playing this from every time we play poker, I play this in the background. And now me and the kids, we sing it all the time. As soon as you said me and the kids started playing cards, my and first thought was Kenny Rogers gambling. Yeah, and then you said poker, and I was like, it's definitely Kenny Rogers it poker. Is. Oh, man, so oh. you're that good. You um, are that well, good. Well done. Know. Well done. When it comes to music, man, I have I have a few tricks up my sleeve. You ready for yours? Yeah, let's go. So um, I'm going to do the polar opposite of what you just did, and I will tell you the story after okay. I give you the tea. So um, here's how. He plays it a little different. He like starts it wherever he wants to. I play the very opening couple of notes from okay. it, 
and you have to discover this song right here. Do you need it again? Yes. Oh my gosh. Mm. I, I'm I'm not going to get anywhere close no? on this. I, I don't think so. Okay, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess it's going to be like uh, 90s, Mm-mm. early 2000s, <laughs> 80s. <laughs> Is it 80s? So it's late 2000s. Yeah, like maybe within the last 10 years. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I go downhill fast when it comes to. Okay, let's let, let it go for just a little bit. No. Oh. Okay, hold on. Oh, wait, I put the same damn clip in both times. Uh, oh, it's Latch by Sam Smith. Oh, yeah, okay, I know that yeah, song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel, I feel terrible. Like, I, no joke, because I kind of went into my own journey. I fell off the, the, I guess, fell off the map a little bit when it comes to music. Pop music, yeah. Yes, and that's, so there's, that's allowed, bro. There's, there's that's a gap allowed. in there for probably about five to six years where I just don't know. Mm. And I'm a little embarrassed to say, but at least my kids are kind of getting me up no. to speed on everything. But <laughs> there's no shame in not knowing every pop song that's out there. I guess. He, hey, I heard he took some heat in the, in the Grammys for some performance that he did. Who, Sam Smith? Yeah. I, don't know. I, don't I unplugged know. from it. But you the know? story behind the song is that when I got my very first tattoo on my left inner bicep, uh, that was the song that was playing when it started. Oh, no way. And, and so now oh, every cool. time I hear that song, it's like, that's what I love about music. How just a series of chords can take you to this unbelievable place. Like you're transported yeah. into another world. Yes. Yes. It's a time machine. By a chord. Yes. For sure. Right? Yes. Isn't that something? So cool. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, what, man. Yeah. I was like going to ask, like, where, where do you like to be transported to? But the thing is... You can go anywhere yeah. over like 40, what, 49 years of life? 49, right? 49 years yeah, of life, it's man. Just like, man, it could take you. How is it anytime. possible that I'll be 50 this year? That doesn't Bloody. even seem like it's real. Oh, man. But I tell you what, you got 50 more. Think so? I think you better. Oh. You better. If you play our cards right, it's going to be good, right? Yeah, let's go. Buddy. Man, I needed that today. This yeah, is good. I too. I did, too. I hope you guys did, too, as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we'll see you next Monday. We'll be on Facebook Live sometime in that 10 o'clock hour mountain time. And then we start recording our episode of I Needed That. Ask Chris. Go to chrispowell.com. That's where you can get connected on him and uh, all things that are happening in the Powell universe. And the the, uh, the Blades universe. I'll take it, man. Yeah, let's see go. everybody next week on I Needed That. Yeah.